So I now would like to invite you to sit back and relax, turn your attention to the screens as we present part two of Christmas at the Movies with Home Alone. Hey, Wiz, can you help me out? Thanks, bro. Is everything all right? My romantic comedy is a romantic tragedy. <laughs> Michelle, I can't live without you. Man, why do we always come to the movies? You can learn a lot from a movie. once again to Vaughn Forest Church. I really hope that you enjoyed the kickoff of our Christmas at the Movie series last week as together we watched the movie Elf and we learned all about how we can have hope and joy no matter what our life circumstances may be. Now, one of the things that I love about this teaching series is that we are getting to take modern day stories and communicate biblical truth through them. And this is exactly what Jesus did in his day with parables. Jesus would tell stories that everyone could understand, and he would use those stories to help them learn truths about God, how he wants us to live our lives, and how we can have a relationship with him. Now today, I'm so excited, we are continuing our Christmas at the Movie series with one of my favorite Christmas movies, Home Alone. I remember going to get to see this movie when it came out in 1990 with my dad, so it holds some really great memories for me, and I know that you're going to enjoy it as well. So allow me to set the stage of our movie for those who have never seen it. There's a young boy named Kevin McAllister, and his entire family, including his mom, his dad, his brothers, his sisters, his cousins, his aunts, his uncles, and probably the dog too, are all about to go on a trip to Paris for Christmas, and they are all gathered together at his house for dinner the night before the big trip. Grab yourself a napkin and you're gonna have to pour your own drinks. Mom, does Santa Claus have to go through customs? What time do you have to go to bed? Early. We're leaving the house at 8 a.m. on the button. I hope you're all drinking milk. I want to get rid of it. Hey, right, the pizza boy needs $122.50 plus tip. For pizza? Ten pizzas times twelve bucks. Frank, you've got some money, don't you? Come on. Traveler's checks. Forget it, Frank. We have cash. You probably get the kind of traveler's checks that don't work in France. Did anyone order me a plain cheese? Well, yeah, we did. But if you want any, somebody's gonna have to barf it all up. Because it's gone. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Get a plate. <laughs> Passports out of here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 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 Come on.
thinks on purpose. He knows I had sausage and olives and Look onions what you did, you little jerk. Kevin, get upstairs right now. Why? Kevin, you're such a disease. Shut up. Kevin, upstairs. Say goodnight, Kevin. Goodnight, Kevin. Now it's for brothers such as like we don't know. Why do I get treated like skunk? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This house is just crazy. We've got all these extra kids running around. My brother-in-law drove in from Ohio today. It's just nuts. How come we didn't bring more cheese pizzas? Nice tip. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Having a reunion or something? Oh, no, my husband's brother transferred to Paris last summer, and both of his kids are still going to school here, and I guess he missed the whole family. He's giving us all this trip to Paris for the holiday so we can be together. You're taking a trip to Paris? Yes, we hope to leave tomorrow morning. Excellent. If you'll excuse me, this one's a little out of sorts. I'll be right back. Don't worry about me. I spoke to your husband already. And don't worry about your home. It's in good hands. I'm the only one getting dumped up. You're the only one acting up. Now, get upstairs. I am upstairs, dummy. Third floor? Go. It's scary up there. Don't be silly. Fuller will be up in a little while. I don't want a super fuller. You know about him. He wets the bed. He'll pee all over me. I know it. Fine. We'll put him somewhere else. I'm sorry. It's too late. Get upstairs. Everyone in this family hates me. Then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Families suck. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. Okay, so let me point this out before we move forward. If my kids ever spoke like that to me, I would probably put them in the attic too, just saying. But let's be honest, we've all had times in our lives where we just wanted to be alone. We think it would be so much easier if we didn't have to deal with all of these people because dealing with people and doing life together with people can be super challenging at times. And honestly, the holiday season can be some of the most challenging times for us. We find ourselves in crowded environments that can be super high stress and when that happens, sometimes we can say things we don't mean or we can say things that we really wish we could take back. Have you ever been there? I know that I have. And honestly, the idea of going upstairs and being alone in the attic at those times doesn't sound so bad. But is that the attitude that we are supposed to have? Just a little something to think about during our time today. All right, so going back to our movie, Kevin was rightfully sent up the stairs and during the night, a winter storm has come and it has knocked out all of the power to their house. The next morning, due to not having any power, the alarms did not go off, and the family is rushing out to catch their flight. They are late to the airport, and through a crazy series of events, they have unknowingly left Kevin behind, and he has gotten his wish to be home alone.
I made my family disappear. Kevin, you're completely helpless. No, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. Kevin, I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. Kevin, you are such a disease. There are 15 people in this house, and you're the only one who has to make trouble. Look what you did, you little jerk. I made my family disappear. Now, as Kevin believes that his family has disappeared, he is initially thrilled because now he can do whatever he wants and there is no one there that can tell him otherwise. But little does Kevin know how doing life alone can be super dangerous. Now, why is that? Because it sets us up for attacks. Now, Kevin might be having a great time at first, but he's gonna discover a truth that so many of us know, that being alone makes us vulnerable and it puts us in a position to be overtaken by the enemy. Let me say that again. Being alone, it is so dangerous because it makes us vulnerable and it puts us in a position to be overtaken by the enemy. The wisest man to ever live, King Solomon, writes in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, that two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Now, the reality is this, that doing life alone, it makes us vulnerable, it makes us weaker, and it puts us in a position that we never would have intended to be in otherwise. In our movie, Kevin's going to begin to discover this truth. While he was so excited at first to do whatever he wanted and to have a lot of fun, the luster and the shine of that so-called freedom has started to wear off. And honestly, he just misses his people. As Kevin begins to come to this realization, we find out that two villains named Harry and Marv are on the prowl during the Christmas travel season, trying to break into people's homes and steal from them while they are out of town. And they have targeted Kevin's family home. Now Kevin figures this out and he realizes their intentions to break into his family house and in desperation, he's gonna go to the only place that he believes he can find refuge and answers.
Reise da? That's my granddaughter up there. The little red-haired girl. She's about your age. You know her? No. You live next to me, don't you? You can say hello when you see me. You don't have to be afraid. There's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. Okay? Been a good boy this year? I think so. You swear to it? No. Yeah, I had a feeling. Well, this is the place to be if you're feeling bad about yourself. It is? I think so. Are you feeling bad about yourself? No. I'm in kind of a pain lately. I said some things I shouldn't have. I really haven't been too good this year. Yeah. I'm kind of upset about it because I really like my family. Even though sometimes I say I don't. Sometimes I even think I don't. Do you get that? I think so. How you feel about your family is a complicated thing. Especially with an older brother. Deep down, you always love him. You can forget that you love them. And you can hurt them, and they can hurt you. And that's not just because you're young. You want to know the real reason why I'm here right now? Sure. I came to hear my granddaughter sing. And I can't come and hear her tonight. You have plans? No. I'm not welcome. At church? Oh, you're always welcome at church. I'm not welcome with my son. Years back, before you and your family moved on the block, I had an argument with my son. How old is he? Well, he's grown up. We lost our tempers. And I said I didn't care to see him anymore. He said the same. We haven't spoken to each other since. If you miss him, why don't you call him? I'm afraid if I call him, he won't talk to me. How do you know? I don't know. I'm just afraid he won't. No offense, but aren't you a little old to be afraid? You can be a little old for a lot of things. You're never too old to be afraid. That's true. I've always been afraid of our basement. It's dark, there's weird stuff down there, and it smells funny, that sort of thing. It's bothered me for years. The basements are like that. Then I made myself go down there to do some laundry, and I found out it's not so bad. All this time I've been worrying about it, but if you turn on the lights, it's no big deal. What's your point? My point is you should call your son. What if he won't talk to me? At least you'll know. Then you can stop worrying about it, and he won't have to be afraid anymore. I don't care how mad I was, I talked to my dad, especially around the holidays. I don't know. Just give it a shot, for your granddaughter anyway. I'm sure she misses you, and the presents. I sent her a check. Wish my grandparents said that. They always send me clothes. Last year, I got a sweater with a big burr knitted on it. Oh, that's nice. Not for a guy in the second grade. You can get beat up for wearing something like that. Oh? Yeah, I have a friend who got nailed because there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. You better run along home where you belong. You think about what I said, all right? Okay.
nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. What about you? Me? Yeah, you and your son. We'll see what happens. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. In our last clip, Kevin realizes in a conversation with his neighbor how truly important it is to have his people and that by being in community, you are able to find support during those crazy tough times in life. Now, up to this point, Kevin has been experiencing a lot of loneliness and he's realizing how much he actually loves his family and needs to be connected in a community. Now, the same is true about us. God designed us to need one another. We're desperately in need of each other as we journey through this life. Now, all of us experience those times of loneliness and discouragement, and what we find is that it's only through our church family and other communal environments like life groups or other small groups that we intentionally connect to that we can find support and find victory in those tough times. Hebrews 10, 24-25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. In these verses, God is reminding us not to isolate ourselves, but to intentionally engage in being together so that we can spur one another on in this journey to live for God. Now, God understands the way Satan attacks us when we isolate and when we're alone. Remember, we are the most vulnerable when we are lonely, tired, and hungry. I've heard so many people say, and I have found that being alone all the time can be super exhausting and it sets us up for disaster. God wants you and I to be in community. Why? Because life is better connected and we can overcome the challenges of life better together than when we are alone. We can support one another, we can pray for one another, and we can be there for one another when the tough times come. It is how our Creator designed us. Now, our next clip, it's the moment you've all been waiting for, right? And it's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie. Kevin is back home and he has diligently prepared for Harry and Marv as they are breaking into his home. The question is this, even with all of his preparation and all of his planning, can Kevin survive this attack on his own or will he need help? Merry Christmas, little fella. We know that you're in there and that you're all alone. Yeah, come on, kid, open up. It's Santa Claus. <laughs> And it's Elf. We're not going to hurt you. No, no. Got some nice presents for you. Be a good little fella now and open the door. What? 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 What happened? Get that little... Jerk his arm! That's it! 
give up or you're thirsty for more. Outsmarted you this time. Get over here. What are you gonna do to him, Harry? I'll do exactly what he did to us. But I'll burn his head with a blowtorch. You can smash his face with an iron. I can slap him right in the face with a paint can, maybe. Or shove a nail through his foot. First thing I'm gonna do is bite off every one of these little fingers one at a time. <laughs> Come on, let's get you home. leaving the water running. Now we know each and every house that you've hit. Hey, you know, we've been looking for you two guys for a long time. Yeah. Well, remember, we're the Wet Bandits. Wet Bandits. And Shut up! Shut up! Oh. Hey, come on. Come on. Get off the head, pal! Come on. Yourself merry little Christmas. Let your heart be From now on, your troubles will be out of sight. Wow, I absolutely love that clip. I guess I just love seeing Harry and Marv get put through Kevin's torture chamber. There are probably a few people that we all have in our lives that we would love to see get put through Kevin's torture chamber, right? But honestly, that's a different message for a different day. So obviously, as we watched Kevin, even with all of his preparation, he couldn't overcome the attack on his own. As we've already learned from God's word in Ecclesiastes 4, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Kevin had done tons of preparation. He had thought out the attack of his enemy. He was ready for him. But even then, it was still not enough. He was defeated. It was his neighbor who stepped in at just the right time to conquer his enemy and get him to safety. He could not do it alone. Now, in all of our lives, we would love to think that we can go it alone and that life would just be better if we didn't have to deal with others. 
but it's actually the opposite that's true. God has given us each other so that we can help one another in our times of need and spur each other on to keep serving God and living for Him. So the question today is this, who is that neighbor for you? Are you in right relationship with your family, with your friends, with your community? We all have baggage and we've all made our fair share of mistakes, right? But it is family, friends, and community that make life better. Life is just better when we are connected. You see, true, authentic, biblical love is lived out in how we love one another. In the book of John, chapter 13, 35, Jesus says this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, back to our movie. While all of this craziness has been going on at home, Kevin's mom has been desperately trying to get back from Paris to get to him. Our story is going to pick back up on Christmas morning. Where's everybody else? Oh, baby, they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep in that. I have drool over you, did I? You do drool. I spit. Pretty cool that you even burn the place down. Thanks, Buzz. Wait a minute. How did you guys get home? Oh, we took the morning flight, remember? The one you didn't want to wait for? Oh, no. Merry oh, oh, no. thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Well, someone has to find an open store. We don't even have milk here. I went shopping yesterday. You shopping? I got to milk, eggs, and fabric softener. No kidding. What a funny guy. What else did you do while we were away? Just hung around. You guys put yourself upstairs, right? You went shopping? Yeah, go. He doesn't know how to tie his shoe. He's going
what's this? So in our clip, both Kevin and his mom have realized the value that being connected and being in relationship with others brings to your life. Being connected is critical in each of our lives for our emotional and our spiritual health. So a question for us this morning is this, are you connected? We wanna help you, but you have to take the steps necessary to put yourself out there to truly connect with others and allow them to connect with you. Now it can be messy, and often it takes a little bit of time, but it is worth that effort because as we read earlier in Ecclesiastes, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. So today, ask yourself this question, what kind of connection do I need in my life? If you'll take out your connection card located in your bulletin, there's some options on the back that I'd like to draw your attention to today as we talk about the different kinds of connection in our lives. Maybe this morning, you need to first get connected to God. We talk a lot at Christmas time about the baby in the manger, but oftentimes we can forget that that baby would grow into a man who would die on a cross for our sins so that we could be in a relationship with God. And today, if you've never made that decision to get connected to God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but you want some information on how to do that, check the box on the back of your connection card that says, send me info on becoming a follower of Jesus. And in a little bit, turn that card in when we're done, and we will follow up with you on that this week. Now, maybe this morning you need to get connected to others in some kind of biblical community. There's another box on the back of that card that says, send me info on getting connected to a life group. If you need that community in your life, check that box, and once again, turn it in in just a bit. Maybe you need prayer today. And if that is you, then we would love for you to write your prayer request on the back of that connection card and your pastors and your church team would love the opportunity to pray for you with whatever request that you have. Now, finally, maybe you have someone in your life today that as we talk about being connected, you know that you need to forgive or ask forgiveness from. So often in our lives, we miss out on community and relationships and connection because we're holding something against others. But God wants you to be free from that burden today. And if that's you during our time of response, I would encourage you to pray and to ask God for the guidance and the boldness to contact that person that you need to talk with. And if you'd like to talk to one of our pastors, we would love to speak with you after the service and pray for you about that. Whatever it is that you feel God is calling you to today, my prayer is that you would have the boldness to take that step. Let me pray for you. So God, we do thank you for the gift of community. 
God, we thank you for the gift of relationships. God, we thank you that we can be in right relationship with you because of what Jesus did on the cross, his death, and then his resurrection from the grave. God, we thank you that you have given us the gift of each other. God, so that we can spur one another on, so that we can encourage each other, so that we can be there for one another during those tough times. God, I pray for everyone who is listening today. God, whatever their next step is, God, whether it's to start a relationship with you for the first time, whether it's to build a relationship with others, God, whether it's to talk to someone about repairing a relationship or go to speak to someone that you are putting on their hearts right now, God, I just pray that you would give them the boldness to take that step as we respond. Jesus, we love you. And once again, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, as we remember at Christmas time. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.